for our four of a kind, four things we want to see the Carolina Hurricanes do this offseason. And I'll let you drop the puck on this one, Chris. All right, I'll start it off. Uh, number one for me is just what we've been talking about. Finalize that Ajo yes. deal. We, we need Sebastian Ajo here. We need to make sure that it's all to put together like the, the Canes already did what they were supposed to do earlier this week, and they brought back Jordan Stahl on a new four-year deal. So now we need to make sure that Ajo is locked in uh, for another eight years, one year left on his current deal, but we could go ahead and get that locked in uh, for another eight years and make sure that he is a Carolina Hurricane through his prime. That's what I want to see. I'm 100% with you. That's my number one thing. Make sure that Sebastian Ajo, that deal gets done. My guess is that we're going to get the report, the uh, the news drop on Saturday, the first day of free agency in the NHL because that's when he officially can sign his contract extension because you can't sign a contract extension until you are in the final year of your contracts. That's how the, the rules are with the CBA and the NHL. So we can't officially hear that until Saturday. I think we will. The question is, what's the the money? You know, how much is it going to be per year? My guess is somewhere in that eight and a half, nine million dollar range is where my guess is that it's going to be. Man. You know what? Hey, exactly. Pay the man. The guy is obviously fantastic what he does on the ice, but he is one of the faces of your franchise. And my guess is he'll be the captain once Jordan Stahl does retire. So next one on my list, we're agreeing to number one. Number two on my list, be willing to potentially trade one of your core pieces to go mm. get that dude whether that's Elias Pettersson whether you go get a William Nylander something along those lines be willing to trade a core piece now question is which ones are you willing to move is it Tavo Teravainen is it a Martin Natus we've heard about Brett Pesci possibly being on the move as well be willing to move one of your core pieces to, in order to get something great to make basically change one of your core pieces right because if you go and get out a top-end guy that you can have long-term, be willing to make that move if it makes your team better. I'm with you. Uh, number two for me uh, kind of goes along with what you're, what you're saying right mm -hmm. there. You're saying be willing to move one of these guys. Yeah. But when you move these guys, keep in mind, I, I think we need two, at least two more scores, yeah, scoring I'm with forwards you. Uh, to bring into the team. It'll be It's cool if we you bring in another scoring defenseman uh, but we need two more scoring forwards uh, to go on a team. We saw how the Carolina Hurricanes can really match up with any team in the NHL. The difference is and has been for the last few years, putting those pucks inside the net. Mm -hmm. And simply put, if you can't score as many points as the team that's in front of you, then you're going to get eliminated every single time. And that's what happened uh, with the Canes versus uh, the Florida Panthers actually did a really good defensive job against them because the Panthers didn't like have these crazy scoring outbursts against uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. It's just the Hurricanes could not score. Uh, so we need two of those. And then number three for me is let's figure out this Pesci situation. Yeah. Right? Uh, we, we've heard the trade rumors. He's going into the last year of his contract and the Canes want to get something done. And for me, I'm at the place where I don't want to lose Brett Pesci but I, I want the best outcome to happen, right? Whatever that may be. So let's figure this thing out. Is he going to stick around? Can you figure out a good deal to keep him on that's going to be uh, friendly for the team uh, to, to uh, have him still be here, but then also have room to sign others in the future? Or 
are you going to go ahead and trade him? Let's figure this thing out so we can at least get some value for him. That's the that's number three for me on my list. Number three for me is similar along those lines in the sense of long term. What are you going to do at defense? Because yeah. okay, if, if Brett Pesci, you can't agree to a long term contract extension with Brett Pesci, and you are trading him. Make sure you're getting something very valuable in return. I'm not talking just future draft picks. I'm talking a guy that can currently help you on the roster right now. But part of that as well is that Brady Shea and Jalen Chatfield are both eligible for contract extensions. Figure out what it is that you might potentially want to do with those guys. I would love to see a long-term contract extension with with Jalen Chatfield, maybe three or four years with him. But also make sure if you're going to trade Brett Pesci, that you know that Tony D'Angelo trade is going to be solid because there's that weird quirk in the collective bargaining agreement where a player that gets traded can't get traded back to that same team if some of their salary is being retained. For example, Tony D'Angelo, his rights got traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. He signed an extension with them. Flyers are trying to trade him back to Carolina where the Flyers are going to try and retain about 50% of his salary this upcoming season. Can't do that within 12 months. So... Right. July 9th, unless the league approves it, July 9th is the earliest you can make that move. You better make sure that deal is solidified in the sense that both sides are in agreement you're going to make this trade if you do trade Brett Pesci because you don't be left out there in the wind. And my final thing, Chris, whatever it is that you do at goaltending, figure it out. You only have one under contract. That's Piotr Krachekov. If it's re-signing Anderson or Ranta or both, you never know. Or you go out and make a trade for a Connor Hallibuck or someone along those lines, or Josh Gibson. Solidify what you want to do at goaltending. Number four for me is is basically that. Like, it'll be cool to have a Hallibuck or a Gibson, right? But um, I'm also thinking about, like, let's help reward the people that has gotten us this far. Let's bring back Freddie Anderson. That's what it is for me at number four. And one of the reasons why I'm thinking about this is because, one, it could open up more money for guys like Brett Pesci. Right, if we were to get Freddie Anderson versus trying to uh, go get a Hallibuck or somebody like that, it may it may end up costing a little bit more, right? Um, and then it could uh, you have the good feelings of of your your goalie situation just kind of set. Mm-hmm. You have two guys that you're familiar with, uh, Kochekov, Anderson. Those are the guys that you know that will be behind you. Uh, Anderson is our, is a fan favorite, of course, and we saw what he did in the playoffs. He was absolutely electric in the playoffs and um i just i feel like it'll be a good job to to have him back so let's let's get him back and that'll be uh it for me as far as uh our four of a kind today let's bring back freddie anderson okay i mean i'm i'm okay if they bring back anderson i just hope with his injury history can you rely on him as he's getting older that's that's my big question mark when it comes to freddie anderson either way you need to have three capable nhl goalies within your system Uh, in order to make sure that you get through a regular season because injuries do happen. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group so graham let's hit it and quit it
Jamel Cox. All right. Let's start off with this. The Hit ACC, me. of course, dominated the ACC Big Ten Challenge while that was yeah, a thing. Yeah, we did. Um, of course, I think it was, it was, what, 20 years or so. 13-8-1 overall record for the ACC. So it's time for a new challenge, yeah. the ACC-SEC Challenge. And the matchups were announced today. The ACC getting some big-time matchups. I want to know what you think about these matchups. Let's talk about men's basketball first, then we'll move on uh, to women's basketball. In men's basketball, we're going to see NC State taking on Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, that will happen on November 28th at 9 o'clock. Jarkel Joyner, who do you cheer for? Because he's played for both teams. Yeah. November 29th, you see Tennessee at North Carolina. Rick Barnes is probably going to be the most hated guy in Chapel Hill that particular day. Might be. And then also November 29th, Duke at Arkansas, which I just read this year will be the 30th anniversary of when Arkansas beat Duke uh, in the national championship. So, uh, Dennis. Okay. What are your thoughts on those uh, on those uh, th- those matchups for the ACC SEC challenge? You know, I, I look to see. All right, who's Kentucky going to play? Because you know they're the blue blood when it comes to basketball in the SEC. We're, who's Kentucky going against? And they're actually going to host Miami. So recent Final Four team on the road at Rupp Arena. I know you mentioned to it earlier in the show, Chris, about the the Champions Classic where we see Duke. And Kentucky and Michigan State and you know one other Kansas. school at yeah. Kansas always playing in the yeah. Champions Classic, though Michigan State should not be in the Champions Classic. You've only won one national championship, <laughs> but whatever. Uh you're Big Ten, you're overrated, <laughs> you stink. Um putting UConn. But we often sometimes in these early season matchups see Kentucky play Duke or uh, or Carolina in some sort of neutral site location. I want to see Duke or Carolina or State in Rupp Arena. I want to see Kentucky at PNC. I want to see Kentucky at the Dean Dome. I want to see Kentucky in Cameron Indoor. That's the stuff that I want to see. I get the big neutral site games, but I want these teams to actually play true home games against one another. So Miami, Kentucky's the first one. Okay. I was I was anticipating and hoping that we might see more blue blood quote-unquote matchup with Kentucky playing either Carolina Duke or NC State yeah I understand that but you know we, or we Kentucky have time at the for Joel? Kentucky at Wake Forest be like, huge give me we, that too we definitely have time for a lot of those matchups but no yeah Kentucky at the Joel definitely that would be huge that'll be a huge sellout over there um I I think that um one of the things I, I like about this is that we are going to get these new rivalries, right? Like, mm-hmm. because for a while there, you see maybe a Duke and a Wisconsin uh, matchup, sometimes maybe uh, like a UNC and Indiana. So you have these new things kind of happening. Yeah. It would be interesting to see like some, some new things kind of break out. Like what will happen in Duke versus Arkansas, Arkansas and Duke went against each other. I think it was uh, in the Paulo Ben Carroll year uh, as they were marching on to the final four. I think they met each other. Uh, in the NCAA tournament. This is potentially a rematch. Of course, we talked about what happened 30 years ago when Arkansas uh, won their national championship, Um, beating Duke on the way to that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens with that. Of course, Rick Barnes and his history versus North Carolina, that kind of reignites that. That'll be interesting to see. But also on the women's side, uh, you have Vanderbilt at North Carolina State. Vanderbilt's been amazing uh, recently. NC State, of course, has been good as well. Uh, South Carolina at UNC. Yeah. That has ba- basically been the best women's program for the last two or three years. 
um, under Dawn Staley. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be on the road at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill inside of Carmichael Arena. That's the one matchup that I'm the most excited about. Then Duke on the road at Georgia. Um, I'm excited for these for these new matchups, mm-hmm. especially on, on the women's side right here with South Carolina and, and North Carolina. There's been a lot of conversation on both men's side and women's basketball in terms of the SEC being the most dominant conference in basketball now over the ACC. Mm. And a lot of the narrative in recent seasons mm. has been the ACC not as good because of these quote-unquote net rankings. I'm sorry, do you watch games? Uh, but this is where we see the Big Ten inflated. We saw parts of the Big 12 inflated last year because of net rankings and the narrative about how, oh, the Mountain West is better than the ACC now. Look at the net, blah, blah, blah. Though those numbers can be cooked and skewed in different ways. But if you want to have the narrative of, hey, ACC, you're the best basketball conference, which we believe, right? You got to win this SEC-ACC challenge. Simple as that. You got to win these ones. Because if you don't, people are going to point out, like, oh, you think you're better than the the SEC? Well, uh, let's look here in the SEC-ACC matchups. Oh, they beat you. That's what people are going to look at. They're going to look at the results. If you want to control the narrative – you got to win these games. Plus, winning these games, it's going to boost your conference's net ratings as well. Only is going to help you in terms of the long term of the season when it comes to the NCAA tournament. I'm with that. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. I hit it so good. Notre Dame wants more money, Dennis. We all of want course. more money. Right now, they're currently getting about $22 million a year from NBC. Their deal is set to expire after the 24, 24, 2024 season mm-hmm. uh, as they have their, uh, of course, they're independent in football. They have their own exclusive deal with NBC. Uh, they're also getting about $11 million per year from the ACC. Dennis, Notre Dame wants to get their rights fees and wants to make at least 65, between 65 and $75 million. But to get there won't be easy. So here's the thing for them. If you want to triple, NBC ain't going to triple their output of what they're giving you right now. Because like you said, they give NBC right now gives $22 million per year to Notre Dame. Notre Dame also, because of the other sports that they're associated with, with the ACC, because they're a full-time member in every other sport, or a member, I should say, in every other sport, they get about $11 million in media rights. So even by... by even combining those two dollar amounts, Chris, they're behind the ACC, other ACC schools, in terms of the amount of money generated via media rights, in terms of television revenue. If they want to join a conference because of the grant of rights that they're tied in with the ACC, in terms of the ACC controlling their media rights, they want to join a conference, they have to join the ACC. It's just written, all right? They're not going to be able to get out of it. So if you want to go to a conference to get more money, if that is the route you have to go to, it has to be the ACC up until the year 2036. They also don't want to fall behind the other schools, even in their own region. They sit there in the heart of the Big Ten. Even though they're an ACC school, they sit in the heart of the Big Ten. Yeah. They don't want to fall behind those schools and the amount of money that those schools are making. They're going to be get up up to eighty five plus million dollars per year here in the next couple of couple of years. You don't want to be making a, essentially a third of what they are. So you're going to have yeah. to, if you want to make more money, you're going to either, I don't know, get in a get the networks in a bidding war for your services. I don't know how much more they're going to be willing to pay. 
but you're going to have to join a conference. Simple as that. If you want more money, you're going to have to join the ACC. Simple as that. And this, this has made me wonder if there is a play with the grant of rights uh, with the between the ACC and ESPN. There are windows where things can be renegotiated. Mm-hmm. Is there a play for the ACC to renegotiate a little bit, adding in Notre Dame as a full member? Yeah. And then also to bring in NBC to mm. still have some uh, coverage on NBC. How does that open up things potentially for the ACC, for uh, for Notre Dame, and for everybody to make more money? But the thing that uh, Notre Dame and the ACC have in common, all their member institutions want to figure out ways to make more money so they can keep up with the SEC and the Big Ten. We'll have to see what ends up happening with that. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Tell them to bring me my money. Yeah! <laughs> Absolutely love that every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Paul yeah. is happy that he's got a new uh, uh, tag team partner. And Chris, did uh, I say Chris Paul? Steph Curry is happy that Chris Paul is on his team. That's going to be his new tag team partner. Steph Curry said that every team that Chris Paul has been on, they get better. And that's the most consistent thing on him and who he is and what he brings to a team. And he is not wrong. He went from the New Orleans Hornets over to the L.A. Clippers. The Clippers kind of get out of purgatory, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, their playoff team goes from the Clippers uh, to the Rockets. He made uh, James Harden look really good, and honestly, if it weren't for Chris Paul getting hurt, he they probably would have won. The Rockets probably would have won an NBA championship and would have taken one away from uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors. And then also, he goes gets traded to uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City was nothing. They weren't doing anything. Helped them get to the playoffs in the bubble when they weren't supposed to even be there. And then he goes to Phoenix. That team was not a playoff team whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But he goes there, teaches Devin Booker, teaches DeAndre Ayton how to be winning players, how to get to the playoffs. And um, they've gone far. They went to the to the finals just last year. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Chris Paul and uh, Steph Curry matching up? I I'm I'm curious if Chris Paul's style of play actually fits Golden State in terms of the up tempo in which they play because they run through multiple options on offense even until the very end of the shot clock they're like okay two seconds on the shot clock I potentially might have a quick third option here or even fourth option when it comes to what they're able to do regarding uh, their offense so I don't know I think Chris Paul is going to have to adapt. His style of game, he's got to pay, play at a little bit of a quicker pace, I think, in order to keep up with them. Now, the big question is going forward for Golden State is, all right, Steph Curry can play without the ball, but he is their primary ball handler. What does Chris Paul do in terms of how much he handles the ball moving forward as well? Now, also, they did trade away Jordan Poole. Does that potentially mean that Draymond Green comes back? I don't know. Not entirely sure what that might mean as well all right let's quit that let's hit this so something i'd like to see chris is if we at 99.9 the fan and all of our listeners if we could pull together some money we could potentially buy a pair of jordan air jordans that the greatest michael jordan wore himself in the 1992 dream team that are signed they're up for auction auction ends in about Three hours. We need just need to outbid seventy five thousand dollars. Chris, are you in <laughs> with me? Let's go. 
Man, I'm so glad. I'm so upset that my uh, connection went down uh, right here because I had a I had a little bit more to say on Chris Paul, but we'll move forward on that. That's so, fine. We can 70, always come back to it. Seventy five, uh, seventy five thousand dollars. That's a lot for a pair of shoes. Um, you know what? Here's one of the things I, I think is interesting. I in I'm starting to think about the shoe thing a little bit more. Uh, buy a few more shoes to try uh, to, to put more on my feet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, being like uh, uh, like Dennis, being like my my uh, good friend John. Uh, but why would I pay $75,000 for somebody else's sneakers that is just going to pretty much sit on my mantle as uh, a, a token memorabilia as what they used to wear? Unless unless there's a money play for me in it later. I don't, I don't know if I get that. Well, that's what a lot of people sometimes do is actually they'll auction, buy something. Then years later, we hear about stuff getting flipped for an even higher dollar amount years later. So that's something that you can so potentially just that. do. That's the okay. thing. But, Chris, here's something you could do as well. Michael Jordan wore size 13 shoes. I wore a 12 and a half 13. I would wear these because they would fit. So I would actually put these on, probably wear them around one time. That's what I would do. The auction, again, right now the current bid $75,000. It closes in just under three hours. Let's start pulling our money together. I don't know if we do. We, who do we need to text meat to in order to get the money for this, Chris? <laughs> I want to know who do we got to text because I want these shoes. These 1999, Ooh. they are the Jordan 7s, the Dream Team sneakers. So it's, again, once he actually wore playing in the Olympics and they're signed by him, pretty unique pair of shoes, Chris. It's amazing yeah. how he retired 20 years ago, he retired in 2003, like for the final time, I should say. His final retirement was 20 years ago. And even though his failures as an executive in terms of the Charlotte Hornets not having success, even his time at the Wizards not having success, his brand, his name still carries weight to this day. It's amazing to see what it yeah. does. And we even see that, again, the we talk about how old styles and stuff come back again. Heck, the shoes that I'm wearing right now, I'm wearing a original Jordan 1 colorway. Like the original Jordan One style from the mid '80s, that's that is the still most popular style of his shoe, from a style that came out from just before I was actually born, and I'm wearing those. And so yeah, this kind of stuff, seventy-five thousand. They're actually saying it could go for a hundred plus thousand dollars. We can make that happen. Let's start pulling the money together, Chris. Let's get the listeners out there. Start making some donations. 919-860-5326. Start making pledges. Graham's going to answer the phone. Let's make this happen, okay? All right. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. The ceiling is the roof. Here's something I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee State will become the first HBCU to add in ice hockey that's going to start for the 2024 season yeah uh, we've seen as of late hbcus starting to add uh sports that are not traditional to hbcus fisk recently offered uh gymnastics and became the first hbcu to have uh gymnastics as a program mm -hmm. i think it's hampton that has immense uh lacrosse they program. do we are delaware uh, and, state and that's delaware state and howard and they in hampton also also have women's lacrosse programs as well that's awesome. And we just talked about this yesterday, uh, Dennis, like the NHL starting uh, this coalition uh, to have more diversity. Mm -hmm. And I know that initially, probably this team is still going to be made up of uh, probably a majority of, of white players, right? Uh, but to have it as a part of an HBCU gives more access uh, to uh, other communities. 
What do you think about this and in, in the uh, sport of hockey kind of uh, expanding a little bit more in non-traditional areas? I, I think it's great. I think it's great for the game. And also, I might give someone an opportunity that wants to go to HBCU but wants to pursue this sport. Like, oh, wait, that's an option? That's an option for me? I think that's an awesome thing when – especially I know some people um, – who I even played college with. I had a black head coach in college, and he said to me, like, HBCUs weren't an opportunity for him, you know, where he played. He's from he's from Long Island, ended up playing college uh, in upstate New York. Um, but I had some teammates that said that they they played for a head coach but our, or at my college because the head coach is black. I had black teammates because of that reason, because they wanted to play for a black coach. And HBCUs didn't have lacrosse at the time when I played. Now there's yeah. some in the past in the in the 70s and 80s, for example, Morgan State HBCU had a varsity lacrosse team for about 15 years or so. But now again, you mentioned Hampton has lacrosse, uh, Delaware State, some other HBCUs are starting to offer uh, those uh, those athletic pr- programs as well. I think this is a great thing. I think it's a great thing when you give other when you give the opportunity for other schools to sit there and say, you know what, we can also offer this as well outside of the traditional Northeast schools, right? Now, you're talking about raising money. Let's raise some money for some uh, local HBCUs to do that. Hey, NC Central, how, what can we do to get you a hockey team? That will be amazing. North yeah. Carolina a how could we get you a hockey team? Can you imagine hearing the HBCU bands and, and yeah. hearing Aggie Pride or, you know, just whatever else? Um at you know hbcu hockey games that will be just that'll be amazing a whole nother atmosphere uh to create let's quit that let's hit this how you doing all right let's uh talk about this uh amazon could land nascar streaming rights and you know a lot of folks are aren't huge nascar fans but some people are but this is one of the things that could help get people a little bit more access to the sport they love if you love to watch nascar Mm. Uh, right now, of course, you have the Fox and NBC split. I believe this is the weekend that it starts going over to NBC for the second half of the year, which happens to be the Chicago Street Race, which I'm very much so excited in. Uh, but if uh, we start seeing Amazon getting further and further into the sports world already Thursday night football, yeah, then they could also get into uh, NASCAR. What does that mean for the sports world with the new player coming into the market? This is my big concern, especially when it comes to stream-only platforms for sports sometimes, is that how do you reach your casual audience? That's my biggest concern when you go to these stream-only platforms. This is my big this is why I think MLS will struggle to grow, is because you have to have Apple TV to watch MLS. Very true. It's difficult for the NWSL to grow its audience when most of their games are on Paramount Plus. If you don't have a Paramount Plus description or subscription, it's hard to watch NWSL games. It's hard for us to watch the NC Courage if we don't actually go to the games. It's hard to beat the other competition in regards to casual fans. That's what you're trying to reach. That's how you grow your audience is that you get that casual fan to start to pay attention and watch a little bit more. This is where NBC and Fox have the advantage of that they can put stuff over the air. That's reaching the casual audience is what's going to benefit you in the long run. This is where I think, for example, the Big Ten's deal with uh, with Fox, CBS, and NBC for football is going to benefit them in the long run because they're all over-the-air networks. I don't need to have a streaming service or subscribe to something behind a paywall in order to watch something. 
this is where I so, think these these niche sports I think will potentially hurt in the long run. So this deal would be potentially for like NBC and Fox are still in the in the running. Sure. This would be for like uh, close to similar what TNT had a few years ago where they had six races towards the middle of the season mm -hmm. and those six races would be on Amazon. Uh, but I, I'm looking at it from the other side for you uh, that what you're looking at it. I'm looking at it as Amazon. If this is good for them, maybe this does become a bigger player as far as other uh, sports organizations. So maybe it does become something where everybody has Amazon, right? Most people have Amazon Prime. I wouldn't say everybody. But most people have Amazon Prime or something that's connected to Amazon. Yeah. So if Amazon's able to use this uh, as a way to grow to where they're getting Amazon Prime, uh, the, the actual streaming service in most households, then this will be big for sports. Maybe this is big for the ACC down the road because maybe uh, Prime could be a, a place for them. So, you know, streaming right now, of course, in the beginning stages, uh, we still have a lot to a lot further to go and a lot for a lot more to learn about this. But ultimately, uh, with a, a platform like Amazon, I'm hoping that something like this is indicative of the growth that sports can have. And uh, maybe it could help out with the, the casual fan ha having it since our the way that we are watching TV is changing, right? Maybe people have cut the cord and they don't have, uh, you know, the rabbit ears to just flip through channels. Maybe they only have Amazon and and if they turn it on, then it's like, okay, NASCAR's up there. Oh, let's let's check it out and see what happens. Never know what's going to happen in the future, but I'm excited to see uh, how this will turn out for for uh, NASCAR. I don't know. Most people have YouTube TV or something along those lines where they get their channels, and guess what? They have NBC, Fox, CBS, ABC. Some people don't know. Some people well, don't. I know, but you know what? An antenna, only got to pay for that thing once, and I can pick up all those channels in HD. Again, that's free. I don't, I don't like, I don't like stuff being continued to get put behind a paywall. Uh, that's that's the way I view it. I I think that's just again, I think it limits your your to me it limits your viewership. That's the way I the that's the way I, that I see it. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. So we saw in the fourth round back in April of the NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers selected Chandler Zavala, guard out of NC State, someone who actually wasn't even invited to the combine for some strange reason. But you look at the stats that he put up at his pro day, actually would have blown out a, a lot of interior linemen <laughs> stats uh, when it comes yeah. to like all the, the tests and stuff that they do, Chris. But the man shot his shot when it came to getting drafted. He wanted to play for the Panthers. 
Scott Fitterer. This actually happened on during the NFL draft. This is Scott Fitterer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, talking about a text he received from Chandler Zavala during the draft. I get a text from a number. I look down and it's Chandler. Zavala just sent me a text. No, he didn't. What did he say? Doesn't happen often. I think it's happened maybe once before. And he said something, hey, just want you to know, I really want to be a Panther. Don't forget about me. You know, I want to come there. Pretty remarkable, Chris. Pretty remarkable that's something that he did. But here's actually Scott Fitterer giving Chandler Zavala the phone call. Chandler, what's up, man? What up? How you doing? Hey, I appreciate the text yesterday. That helped. Oh, no problem. No, we were thinking about you the whole way. Um, walked into uh, today with you on our mind. So we're happy to get you. Just come in and compete your ass off, man. There's yes, a real you know it. here, and uh, we love everything you have. Yeah, man, it's, it's kind of cool to see it, and it mm-hmm. shows that, hey, man, if you want something, shoot your shot. You never know if you're going to yeah. make it or not. Uh, closed mouths do not get fed. And, and so just to give more um, context as to that clip, the Panthers have been putting out something called The Blueprint. They have, I think, three episodes out. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch any of them yet, but basically it's kind of like a behind-the-scenes look, uh, kind of docu-series style, what's going on with this new team, with the new coaching staff and all of that. And this was a, a part of one of the episodes that was released. And uh, on the first clip that you heard was like the first day of the draft, Chandler Zavala texting uh, Scott Fitterer like, hey, don't forget about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to be there. And uh, part of that clip also was uh, him talking, uh, Scott Fitterer talking to uh, David Tepper. Yeah. And they were discussing uh, Zavala. And Tepper was asking, do you think other people are in on Zavala? And, um, you know, Fitterer didn't want to give him, didn't want to text Zavala back too much because then, you know, the agent will use that to say, oh, the Panthers are in on us. And they didn't want to have end up losing uh, Zavala to another team. Mm-hmm. So uh, very cool to see that, how it ended up working out. And uh, also how uh, Iki Aquano had uh, very high remarks for his former NC State teammate that helped out the uh, decision as well uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Very, very cool stuff to see and uh, in, in seeing how shooting your shot can get you your professional career. He didn't sit back and wait for the draft to happen for him. He sent that text and he ended up getting drafted by that team. Had he not sent that text, he probably would have been taken by the Panthers anyway, had he been there. Uh, but nevertheless, it doesn't hurt. And this is something I'll give advice to a lot of a lot of people, especially young professionals. If you want something, say it. Tell somebody if you there's a job or position or whatever it is that you want, say it. Say, I want this. How can we make it happen? How Absolutely. do I get there? Usually in the words, I want, go a long, long way long way also use the words i want like if you want to take for example you want to take someone out on a date tell that person i want to take you out on a date set things up from there don't be like you know it'd be kind of cool if this happened no no no. i want i want goes a long way chris a long long way you know what else i want you know what i want i want the panthers to win the division this upcoming season that's what i want I think they can, and they also have a, a running back who could potentially help them uh, yeah. get there. Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, he was talking uh, recently in, uh, to the Philadelphia Inquirer and talking about one of the reasons why um, he came to the Carolina Panthers. A lot of it has to do with his running backs coach, Deuce Staley. Those two were together 
uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, his uh, his rookie year with the Eagles. Yeah. And he says this quote, he's probably the main reason I came back. I have that connection with him. I know how he coaches. I know he's going to get the best out of me. Most importantly, he knows what I'm about, and he's the one who drafted me. We're going to get back to what we've been doing. Uh, that's going to be very exciting for a Panther squad that basically had questions after uh, Christian McCaffrey was traded last year and in yeah. years before Christian McCaffrey dealing with a couple years of injuries there, didn't know what was going to happen with him. He gets traded. Um, the Panthers bring in uh, Miles Sanders during this offseason. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Miles Sanders can do. He's by far, you know, he's he's not the best uh, running back in the NFL uh, by far, but I, I do think that he has a, the possibilities to be one of the top 10 running backs um, in the NFL this upcoming season, Dennis. I'm with you on that. I think I think it's going to be beneficial to him if whomever backs him up, whether they go in the free agent route, whether it's to get a guy like Dalvin Cook or someone else that's sitting out there, um, or if it's Chuba Hubbard, he needs to have that complimentary back. Yes, he could be a three-down back, but he needs to have a complimentary back with him so he doesn't have to carry the full workload by himself all right we see a lot of running back tandems now in the nfl and that's a good thing yeah. i think you're going to get the most mileage out of miles sanders long term as the season progresses as long as you have someone that can compliment him in the backfield all right let's talk about this really quick with the carolina uh, panthers mm -hmm. uh speaking of complimentary players um on the other side of brian burns we've been talking about this the last few days what are the carolina panthers going to do there's 27 million dollars of cap room uh, that they have, and there's a lot of uh, guys that they could probably bring in who are unsigned defensive ends or uh, edge guys mm -hmm. uh, that they can bring in. Uh, but there's a report from On3 that's saying that there's a lot of good news for the Carolina Panthers when it comes to uh, Marquise Haynes. He's really been impressing coaches. This is his um, – he's entering a contract season for him, and they're saying that nobody stood out more in Carolina's quest to find an edge rusher opposite of Brian Burns uh, than Mr. Marquise Haynes himself. What do you think about him, Dennis? If this is the best fit for him in terms of his scheme, if this is the best scheme for him, then 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 that's great. He's been with the organization, what, sixth season in the NFL now? Yeah. He's been around for a little bit. Sometimes just finding the right fit in terms of what matches your skill set really is what carries you a long way. Maybe this 3-4 defensive scheme with, uh, with Ejero as the defensive coordinator – Maybe that just fits his skill set a little bit more than what they what he's had in the past. And if he develops to be that number one guy opposite of Brian Burns and he's effective, awesome, awesome. He he's shown flashes um, in the past. I think last year he had a game where he had back to back sacks on um, on back to back plays. Yeah, and so like he has that these games where he's he's absolutely flashes, and then you won't see much from from him otherwise. Yeah, I'm hoping that maybe under Evero and uh, this new coaching staff and and actually having real NFL coaches to coach you up. Well, yeah. uh, he didn't have that for the last three years uh, that they can use all that, put it together for him and you could get more of a consistent output from him. And that would also be good for Amari Barno. That'll be good for DJ Johnson, right? Because if Brian Burns is looking good and if uh, Marquise Haynes is looking good, then I have no, no excuse, but to elevate my play as well. If I ever want to see the field, uh, and that's what I'm hoping that they're thinking uh, as Marquise Haynes is coming up. But uh, it also, even with Marquise Haynes and his emergence, even with uh, the potential of Armari Barno 
and DJ Johnson being pretty good players, it would be still – I still would want the Carolina Panthers to go after another edge rusher. You can never have enough. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info/sps. Your journey begins here.